Think about it. Everything is polluted. The environment, the government, the schools, you name it. We're on Uncensored tonight. Nice, clean little bandwidth. No one else is using it. Price is right. I like the idea that a voice can just go somewhere uninvited like a dirty thought in a nice, clean mind. Guess who? It's me again. The little attitude for all of you in white bread land. It's five o'clock. Do you care what the mainstream media says? You out there? You listening? As always, the question of the day is, are you out there? Are you listening? Thank you all for joining us here today, as you do every day. DLive, having a problem connecting. I'm trying to reset that right now. Give me a second over there on DLive for it to connect, and hopefully it will finally catch up. Uh, Looks like we're good to go on Foxhole, though. Twitch is good to go, and the rest of them as well. Tiger Network, Cloud Hub, uh, wherever you can find us. We're also recording this for the podcast later. Do me a favor. Go to the foxhole.app. Tell your friend. Tell a, tell a neighbor. Tell somebody about the foxhole.app when you get time. Let them know what we're trying to do over here. YouTube doesn't like to hear too much truth. Well, we're going to give them too much truth anyway, whether they like it or not. That's the goal, and we're going to continue it with your support. If you can support us, click that support us button up there. You can also send gold pill systems now. A uh, penny per gold pill. Penny for your thoughts. That would be great, and we'll try to cover as much of those as possible. We appreciate your guys' support, as always. Brothers Uncensored official website is uncensoredabe.com. That's where you can find us, uncensoredabe.com. You can find the the podcast, Spotify, Podbeam, Stitcher, Google. Pick one. You can find us. Just search Brothers Uncensored. Previous show content is where you can find there. Yesterday's show was fun. Uh, basically, a whole show of news blitz. Mark Bikita was here on Tuesday. Uh, other great guests coming later this week. Stand by for that. Next week's packed, too. we got lots of great guests coming your guys' way. Foxhole, Twitch, YouTube hates us. Fuck them. DLive, CloudHub, and Tiger Network are where you can find us live right now. Uh, the blog is up. Basically, if there's any links that you may have missed, important discussions that isn't being covered in the news, you can find them there. Scroll down a little bit more, and that's how you can help keep the lights on over here at Brothers Uncensored. Cash App, PayPal, Patreon is the best way you can do that. If you join our Patreon, you get access to our private Discord. Or if you're a friend of the show, and I know you're a supporter of the show, just ask me. I'll get you into our private Discord as well. It doesn't have to be Patreon. Uh, that's how you can help us there. Uh, the uh, official show sponsor for Brothers Uncensored is RiseAttireUSA.com. Just put discount code ABEWAVE in. You get a 10% discount and get some sweet gear. Also, our gear is up. Just click the store right there, the underground store. It'll bring you to our un- I Want My News Uncensored shirts. Several of you I still owe shirts to. I apologize. I've had so much going on the last couple of weeks with the Dallas event and uh, my daughter's wedding and everything else that I'm falling behind on that stuff, but the Brothers Uncensored gear is available there for your guys' pleasure if you choose to buy that yourself. Finally, uh, what Joe and I do as part of our t- of what our, our our service to America, attempting to serve America in some way, is help uh, give security services to free speech advocates and people who want to have their voices heard without being threatened. That's what we do. We provide security services for those who want to do that. If you want to help support us, 1apertorian.com is where you can do that. That's how you can help support the groups that we are with. And with that, I want to welcome my bro Joe into the channel. And looks like we may have lost our guest out of nowhere. That's great timing. Live Texas Girl 71. 
Glad to see you out there. Hope all is well. Um, Just V, Glenn MS, Diane, One Eagle Five, Kiwi Crochet Girl, uh, Amy Joe. Good to see you out there as well, and many others. Uh, we have uh, Stephen Franzen, who was just with us in the pre-show. Um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to get him back shortly. It just, you know, that's how our luck goes usually uh, and lately. But, um, man, yesterday uh, was, like you said, just a, a, a fast-paced, uh, full action, <laughs> full fully action-packed, lots of news that we went through. Today, um, you know, there's still lots of nuggets and lots of things going on out there. I've got, uh, you know, 10 or 12 things pulled up here as well. Uh, it just seems like the news is kind of picking up a little bit. And, and when I say that, I mean in a good way. What do you think, brother? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I'm trying to figure out why our guest disappeared, <laughs> if it was an accident or... <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Cage Farmer, yo, yo, good to see you. Death memes. Denise, how is the tea out there, my dear? Hopefully all is well. Man, uh, you know, as you were talking about coming up here, uh, we have tons of guests booked, and it's been a little crazy. I know Don's and uh, my sister out there has been working hard tomorrow. Greenbeard, Greg Harvey is going to be on, and he is just, you know, a hell of a guy. I'm really looking forward to having him on Monday Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday uh, next week, we have guests every day, and you guys are definitely going to want to stay tuned. It's going to be an action-packed week, uh, along with the following week. It's going to be a lot of fun as well. It looks like we're getting uh, Stephen back in now, so let me go ahead and tell you guys a little bit about Stephen if you don't know about him. Real quick Steve- before you do that, bro. Yeah. yeah, Greg Harvey tomorrow. We got JT Wild here on Monday. He's going to serenade us live. We got Tr- Trenton White, one of the speakers from the Dallas event. Uh, great. Was that uh, Henry? Was that Henry White? Uh, no, Trenton. Trent, Trenton White. He'll be yeah. here on Tuesday. That's going to be an awesome discussion. We finally got Bales Are You Out There, our Aussie Patriots that are out there in the crowd. Transcend the Matrix from Australia is going to be here on Thursday. Severe Anon on Friday. And then there continues to be a bunch of great guests after that. Uh, with that, I want to get Joe to welcome our guest in here and uh, introduce who is Stephen Franzen, Joe. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Stephen Franzen is a writer, cultural commentator, political theorist, musician, and entertainer. He advocates for free free speech, the resolution of conflict by peaceful means only. Read his book, Peaceful Parenting. I'm going to talk about that here in a minute. The uh, all of all the human beings throughout better diet and exercise, homeschooling and property rights of an individual. Stephen has written about the culture of greed and consumerism created by the merging of corporations with government. Check out his book, Kuhn, Consume, Comply. He also has written about topics such as self-knowledge, family, agriculture, philosophy, history, and several fiction novels and publication. He also is a pretty good musician, I might say. I, I actually checked out a couple of his songs earlier. Uh, man, pretty good stuff. But let's talk about Peaceful Parenting real quick. If you don't know, it's available on Amazon. It just came out November 11th. This is a book for parents and prospective parents interested in making their family life the best it possibly can be for the sakes of their children. That's something that we discuss about in detail. Both, uh, honestly, I'm pretty sure both the reasons why Abe and I are here every single day or, or five or six days a week is because of the future generations and our children. It's super important 
And um, man, when I saw that, I got the chills and even, you know, talking about it right now and knowing that Stephen has written a book about peaceful parenting and how important that is. Oh, Stephen, I am so glad to have you here, brother. Uh, hopefully your, uh, your audio and video is okay. Are you there, brother? Yeah, I think everything's good. It, it crapped out at my cabin. So I'm here, you know, on the hard line. So awesome. Things looking good. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Great. It's, it's great. We can actually hear you. Video is fine. So I uh, appreciate that. Go I, ahead. I thought Ian. you might have watched the opener or something. I said, oh, fuck, no, I'm not going out here with these guys. <laughs> He's like, I'm out. <laughs> Forget this. Yeah, not these guys. <laughs> so I'm glad to have you here, man. It's uh, it's going to be a fun discussion. I, I ran across you. I don't know where. Did, were you, did you do some media maybe late last year or something? Or or is there? Is, I can't remember how I ran into you. Was there something like that where you had an event got you some exposure or something back in late last year? Um, you know, I was going to stop the steel rallies um, for a time. So. That's right. That's. I think I met you at one of the stop the steel rallies that I was working at. Okay. Uh, which one were you at? Maybe you were all in of them. All of them. Okay. <laughs> we, so I met you at one of them. Yeah, we did the security uh, for for stop the steel. We, had, we were the guys with the black shirts. Right. Yes. Yes. So we we met in Atlanta. That's. I think that's. That's where, where we it met, was. Yep. Sure. So. Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, but, you know, I've been sort of just working on things for a long time, putting out content forever, basically since like, I mean, I started as a, I started gigging as a musician in 2004. I had music out by early 2005 and um, I've just been putting out content ever since. I've really started with YouTube in about 2013, but, um, you know, in the last couple of years, I think things have taken off for me in some regards, but of course I've been banned from YouTube. I've been banned from Facebook at least once I've been banned from so many things, you know, <laughs> so it, it's like, it's hard to get anything up off the ground anymore. You know, the, the free speech era really of the internet is over. Um, I think we, that's fair to say. So, so I'm kind of plumbing away in obscurity now, but that has its own perks. You know, the, um, the scrutiny I was under for a time was, it, it was what it was and it brought good things into my life, brought bad things into my life. So I'm happy to keep plodding along, working to advance these values in the world. Um, I'm happy to be here with you guys. And I was very happy to go out for those stop the steel rallies for sure. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I think when, when all, a lot of us see what's going on in the world, we have a couple options. Just ignore it, hope it goes away, or, or do something about it. Raise awareness, just speak up, and, and just having any kind of voice uh, is important. And so I got a lot of respect for you for that, for, go, for going out there. And, of course, anytime you, uh, you, know, you cross the powers that be, uh, you get a little flack from it, and that means you're, you're doing something right, in my opinion. And that means, uh, uh, in my opinion, that, um, you know, I wish more people would, would be willing to take that risk and just deal with the bullshit. Um, tell me about yourself, man. Where'd you grow up? Tell me about uh, high school, and uh, what did you do, end up doing after high school? Was college in your path, or did you go a different pay- way? Yeah, uh, I grew up in central Oregon uh, in a little town called Primeville. And that's where Les Schwab Tires is based out of. And Les Schwab Tires is a huge tire and alignment chain, um, basically up and down the West Coast. So I grew up there. I grew. It was, you know, it's cattle country there. It was an extremely conservative place. And, um, and I went to high school somewhere else in Oregon. 
And I think that 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 just upbringing of mine, um, my father having his political views that he did and the people that I was around, you know, was really was just like cattle ranchers and they ran the economy. They made the decisions there uh, before the state really took over on politics. There was still some good county level politics in Oregon not that long ago. But I I grew up with that point of view. Then I went to college and I, I was a very early Ron Paul supporter. Uh, a good friend of mine turned me on to Ron Paul. And I, I just saw at college, you know, just how sick the world was. It really opened up my eyes to a lot of degeneracy that was in the world. You know, I really wasn't on the internet till I was like 17 years old. And and the, the pretext for getting on the internet from my parents, they never wanted internet for me. But they say, you can have internet um, because it's college application season. <laughs> and so I had this year where I suddenly was exposed to the world as it really was, as opposed to what I thought the world was. I thought um, people were riding around in pickup trucks in like New York, you know. I thought that America was just country and just apple pie and that the country hadn't been influenced as much as it had at that point by mass migration. And so I saw these forces, degeneracy, mass migration, you know, the, the, um, the Federal Reserve was like a big issue for the Ron Paul campaign. And uh, that, you know, opened up my eyes to the importance of sound currencies and stuff like this. I really started to have a political conscience um, early in my 20s. And I supported Ron Paul. I supported Ron Paul the second time, but he was really shut down by the media. I became very disillusioned. I thought, well, America is this far in debt, like no good politicians are ever getting through anymore. I'm going to leave the country. So after college, rather quickly after college, I got a master's degree. Like I did five years and I got a master's degree out of that as well. Wow. What was the degree in, your degree in? It was in education. It was in teaching. Oh, interesting. And I didn't use it, you know, like I use it anyway to like, you know, I spent a lot of time in classrooms and stuff. So sure. I can hold forth on things and I can, you know, craft plans and stuff like this. But, you know, what I really used my time in college for was to play music and to um, jump down the Internet rabbit hole and figure out what the hell was going on in the world. Nice. And, and, and you know, some self-study. So sure. Um, but I left the country. In about got, I bet you got more from jumping down the rabbit hole than you did five years from college. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, just driving around, you know, this is the thing, too, is formal education really is um, it's real life. You know, life is the thing that that really instructs us. Uh, these these things that we go through in school really are meant to to sort of hurt our thinking ability to to disrupt our ability to think for ourselves. Um, so. I learned a lot. And then I learned a lot leaving the country. I left in 2011 and I was gone for almost three years. Um, and I lived in a few places during that time. I lived in Thailand. I lived in Australia for a while. Um, I lived in New Zealand for a while. That was very eye opening. And I lived in China for probably most of those three, three and a half years. And, you know, given that I had this, I would say like basically a paleo conservative background uh, very libertarian as well, though libertarian nowadays means like, you know, it means you're a total degenerate and it, you know, it's just not the word that it was 10 years ago. Yeah. 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 Um, being in China, I, I was always told, you know, China is the heart of communism. It is the evil empire. Um, and certainly there were things that I was at odds with there. There was no, there's no firearms ownership. Um, you know, there's the property rights are a little screwy. You can't actually own any 
land there, you, you rent it from the government. But in a lot of ways, China was a lot more economically free than the United States and a lot more unified um, in terms of the people there. And so when I came back, because I made the deliberate decision, I said, well, you know, I could have a nice life in China. That would be a very prosperous life for me. But I'm going to come back to the United States. I'm going to figure out what the hell I'm going to do because I want to be I want to be in cattle country again. I miss the country life. You know, I miss my people. Sure. And so I came back to the United States and I was just astonished by the, by the stark contrast. You know, this was the middle of the Obama years uh, and Obama was destroying the country and just the economy was shot and uh, he was race baiting all the time. I couldn't believe this. And anyway, I didn't know exactly what to make of politics. Um, but in that time, I spent a lot of time talking, talking about relationships, figuring out relationships. I put up my shingle as a counselor. I did half of a training program, half of a master's degree in counseling. Um, but my coaching practice took off. So I left my, I left my degree program because I was, I was just too in demand, you know, with the skill set. And then Trump shows up. And then it's like, we've just, we've fast forwarded since then, you know, I started a family when Trump showed up um, and it's just been fast forward ever since. So, so that's a bit about my background, you know, and, and all of it spent with my nose in a book or, you know, looking at the clouds and thinking about things or observing the world, you know, always being a conscious person, always being um, sort of wanting to learn and improve through every experience that I've ever had. And, And I think that's what gives me my standpoint today. You know, that's an important understated comment right there, <laughs> learning from experiences throughout your life and trying to let that uh, guide your decision making going forward, I think is uh, something lacking in our society. It's, doesn't it seem that way, Joe? Like there's a whole yeah. lot of people that aren't learning from their life experiences. They just keep butting their heads against a wall. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I wanted to ask you a little bit, Stephen, if you don't mind about like um, the, the censorship that you were talking about, like I've lost, you know, three Facebooks and three Twitters. And like, I mean, our YouTube got totally, you know, just shadow banned. No one could find us. I mean, they were just like, you know, telling people they're no longer part of our, you know, YouTube and stuff and just deleting people. What was that like for you to kind of go through? Because I know a lot of people obviously go through it, but you probably had, you know, a a pretty good repertoire, I would say, on your YouTube of all your music and stuff like that. Talk a little bit about that. And, you know, obviously knowing that you're, um, uh, as you said, uh, kind of a border of a line conservative when, when people found out about your values, the, the attacks just keep coming in and, and how did you handle that? Because I think a lot of people deal with that, but don't know how to handle it. Yeah. Well, you know, on YouTube, I, I had to delete a lot of videos over the years um, just for privacy concerns. And then for um, just to protect the, the YouTube channel to keep it alive as long as possible. What's an example of uh, what's an example of something that, that you needed to take down? Um, gosh, Oh, you name it. Uh, you know, anytime I dip into like conversation about race or intelligence um, or anytime I went too hard on, on someone that was evil, you know, was too critical of them. 
<laughs> you know, some some old stuff. You know, some old stuff on on self knowledge and, and stuff like this because uh, it just attracts it, it attracts crazies in some ways. I hadn't quite fleshed out how I wanted to talk about things in a public manner, so so I did have some crazies coming out of the woodworks and stuff like this. Oh yeah, but you know, I was I was approaching a million views on YouTube, and you know, and that was the whole time because you know the whole time YouTube once they figure out that you're political or that you have some sort of anti system stance you know they push you down and and they just they tamp it down so in spite of that i had um about seven hundred and fifty thousand views when you really tally it up and you know between my two youtube channels i probably had about twenty two thousand youtube subs and and the rate at which i was set to grow um before the the hammer really came down on me you know i would be at probably like two hundred thousand subs right now on youtube so oh, i get it <laughs> Yeah, it was like it was really growing for me, and but I think the thing about censorship that that is um, that, that gives me a lot of foreboding and and that I, I don't like is that you know when you are censored, like censorship is always a precursor to genocide and to um, physical force, and and so voices that are inconvenient, voices that are too on the money or something like this, or provoke the denial of the rulers, you know, the rulers know that you're actually telling the truth, um, but they don't like how it makes them feel. Uh, they lash out and they lash out with violence. And, you know, we saw in the 20th century what that leads to. It just leads to body bags. And so for me, the the, the spooky thing, I think, is just knowing that, you know, when I speak the truth, it gets me in trouble. And so that's a lot of the unwanted attention. Um, but then the upside is like, you meet wonderful people, you meet good people along the way, you meet compatriots and, and you live a good life. You know, you live an honest life. These people that are power hungry addicts and are ruining the lives of people and passing all this legislation that is killing off America's heartland and actually leading to the death of people, you know, they live with a bad conscience. And so, uh, you, you know, my point of view is just keep telling the truth see see what comes of it and um well it's, it's almost like a, a lift off your shoulders right it's almost i mean that's kind of how i felt honestly you know when my facebook got taken down i felt like eh, you know first off i know i'm over the target second i wear that badge proudly and thirdly thank god they're gone you know like there's just so much drama and bs on there and stuff it's almost like a weight was lifted off of me uh i guess i just was you know it, it sucks for people like you um, who are very talented, obviously, and who could be just at such a higher level, but because of your political background, they have literally just like, as you said, they just pushed you down and it just makes it so much harder for people to, to see you, regardless if you're playing music or writing a book or, or talking at, at places about stopping the steal and stuff. I mean, it's just, it's irritating. It's frustrating. I've seen so many good people be, pushed down and pushed away but you don't stop you're you're still writing books you said you've got another one coming out soon you just keep going and nothing's going to bring you down that's the true warrior spirit and i really appreciate you doing that thank you thank you yeah it's good to be appreciated and you know it takes one to know one so so right back at you appreciate it appreciate it so i gotta learn about your musically uh joe and i have basically 
grew up on music in Motown. So we got a special love for music. Obviously, you grow up in, a, in an atmosphere where every night's a party thanks to Motown. It was a hell of a time to be alive, man. I kind of miss it, actually. But it's so we have a great music influence. Joe and uh, a, a listener that uh, started his own, is working on starting his own channel on our platform, uh, the Texan do a Sunday evening show trying to bring back kind of old style music remember these the days of of real music not the corporatized music that we have now have you been playing guitar playing music through your whole life how did you get that and what, what was your first musical influences uh growing up i think my first musical influences growing up were probably um bruce springsteen uh gordon lightfoot and a, a lesser known singer-songwriter, but his name was John Stewart, and he was one of the founding members of the Kingston Trio. Um, he did an album with Lindsey Buckingham in the early 80s uh, with Stevie Nicks and, and, and that whole crew out of California. And he was big on the folk circuit for, you know, decades because um, he'd been in the Kingston Trio. So I think those were probably my earliest influences. And then, um, you know, going later into my childhood, it would be like Billy Joel. It would be, uh, gosh, I can't think of who else. A lot of classical music as well. I was I was trained in classical piano for like eight years oh, wow. and, and picked up a lot of things from that. My skills have gone to rust, but not the um, not what it opens you up to. You know, when you when you sit there and you have to imagine, you know, as people did two hundred years ago, you have to sit there and listen and and see what the music evokes for you. I think that always stuck with me. So. And then, you know, I started playing guitar when I was like 11, 12. Um, I got to the point with the guitar where I think in my early 20s, you know, you could say this is the key of whatever and major minor. Um, and then I could solo or whatever and I could, I could accompany nicely. But I let that go because really what I wanted to do was write songs. And, um, and, and I got into Ray LaMontagne in my, in my and, you know, he's kind of got the Motown thing going on a bit. And, you know, what it boiled down to, and with Springsteen, what it boiled down to was the chords and the songwriting, the craft of the songwriting, the soul that is put into the music, um, what is being told. I think that that always, you know, was the most important for me, rather than being a, sort of an accomplished instrumentalist. And also the voice, like how is the voice developed? You know, I've spent a lot of time thinking about the voice, working with vocal coaches, um, being trained at the university level. Um, you know, doing a lot of ear training, watching the videos, the tutorials, listening back, be, being this, the recording artist and always listening back and, and modulating and working on that. So that for me has always been the most important part of music is the expression um, and, and having something, something worthwhile to sing. There's a lot of music now that it's polished or, you know, it's at a high level, but they're not really telling you much. Yeah. And and I didn't, I didn't want to be like that. I wanted to be like a lot of, you know, the, these old time artists that I like a lot of country artists too, you know, like John Anderson or, um, you know, recently Morgan Wallen, he's one of my favorites. He's like totally blown up right now. Um, you know, these people always told a story, they told you something and it's something of substance and merit. And, and I like that. So Love I it. think that's, you know, some of my background with music anyway. Love well, it. I know I, I know if our buddy, the Texan, uh, who we do our show on Sundays is out there and heard you say Morgan Whalen, I know he's impressed. 
Uh, that's a that's a someone that we follow. We play very often on our Sunday, uh, our country roundup, if you want to say. But we do kind of a bluesy, you know, thing theme to it too. You know, you gotta, obviously that Steven, all kind of if you want to, man, you got to come on their show sometimes Sunday evening, nine a lot p.m. Of fun. and and hang out with them and talk music and play some music and shit. If you get time to to do that, that'd be cool, man. Yeah, appreciate it. Sounds good. Sounds interesting. It's a lot of fun. So I it I. Is this something that you want to uh, pursue, continue to pursue, and try to pursue a career in music? Is this a hobby? Uh, I noticed, I, I I don't think I can find a spot where I could purchase your music. Is, is, that, is that correct? Um, yeah, you can find my music on um, iTunes. You can find it on, uh, the other big one is Spotify. You know, I have some gotcha. songs up on there. So uh, in terms of a career, I've never really considered it a career. I the most involved I got, um, you know, we could get, we could get like 50, 60 people to a show anytime we wanted. Um, and I, I just, you know, there's a lot of schmoozing that you have to do, um, with, with getting a career and, and I'm just kind of a, not that way, you know, <laughs> I get it. Some, some people are very approachable and you can have a beer with them. Take it or leave I'm it. like, <laughs> I'm like kind of cerebral. I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm just a little, you know, like autistic or something like that. I get so, it. I totally get it. I don't want to have to like kiss your ass just so you give me a chance to listen to my my music or listen to my show. You can you can take it or leave it as far as I'm concerned. I totally get it. The first right. one I want to play, and then I want to have you kind of tell us about the what gave you the writing uh, motivation for it, and then how you how you bring music together. I always love picking musicians' brains when they create music on how they go about doing it. So. First of all, let's listen to this one. It's called Up on the Mountaintop. Uh, when when did you release this one? That says two months ago. Is that correct? Is this your latest song? or? Yeah, this album, this is from the album Mountaintop. So this, I guess, would be the title song. Um, this came out like two, three months ago. Yeah. Gotcha. So let's give this a listen, guys. I'm just going to play it to show you the uh, SoundCloud, and we'll just kind of sit in the background and enjoy. So turn it up. This is Stephen Franson, Up on the Mountaintop. Check it out. Listen to your soul upon the mountaintop. 
Digging the sound, man. Just kind of an uplifting, uh, you know, uh, fun tune, man. Uh, I, I, I gotta, I gotta hear how the idea came about the song. Where does it uh, resonate from you? Uh, where did it come from? Just real quick, hold that thought because there's a lot of people out here in chat that are absolutely loving the vibe. Someone actually said that you have a bit of a Dylan sound, uh, which is a pretty damn good comparison, I must admit. Um, Knock my socks off said I would have never guessed he had that sexy of a voice. Um, lots of people are definitely digging it out there, Steven. Sorry, go ahead. I had to throw some of those comments in there, man. Good stuff, bro. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, the song, you know, uh, there's a line in there, I'm waiting for the funny money to run out. So, you know, it's just like to get back to earlier, it's there's a little bit of stuff in there about um sound currency and and um, wanting a better world and stuff like this. So the song really just came out of, uh, I think it was about four or five years ago, I just wrote this and I said, you know, there's, um, I don't have a big audience right now. I've been sort of like hacking it out in the wilderness. You know, I've been, I've been gigging a lot in my early twenties, my teens in my early twenties, had a bit of big audience. I said, I'm leaving the country. Um, I'm going to go do something else. Went on this sojourn of sorts and, and came back. Um, you know, six, seven years later, I was starting to make content again in a big way. And so this was like three, four years ago. I said, well, I don't have everybody now, but I'm going to have people in place soon enough. So let me put out a bit of a sirens call to them. 
And um, in terms of the songwriting, you know, that was a very, that was like a very Ray LaMontagne chord structure, um, strumming pattern and, and um, you know, song structure overall. But then with the musicians that I brought in, we went as much Steve Winwood as we could. You know, we really wanted to pay some homage to Steve Winwood, who nice. you know, is a phenomenal, phenomenal R&B artist. Um, one of my favorite songwriters out of the 80s. Agreed. And underrated really by far as well, too. Yes, I agree with you completely. Yeah, big time underrated. And so so we're paying a bit of homage to him there, especially, you know, with the, with the, the hook and the chorus with the guitar. So uh, and then my keyboardist doing his thing, you know, I found this phenomenal guy out of Los Angeles. Um, I think he, I think he'd be okay with me saying that he's out of Los Angeles. He's a studio musician and, um, you know, keeps the faith. So he's, he's a good person. Um, I'm looking forward to working with him again. You know, this album mountaintop um, was, was really like, you know, it was a lot of fun because of what I've done talking about politics, talking about personal relationships and stuff like this. A lot of musicians found their way to me. And I was able to bring to life some songs that, you know, I, as, as a songwriter, whatever, you know, I'm, I'm not the top notch pianist. I'm not the drummer. I'm not the bass player. I don't think like a bass player. Uh, I was able to bring some guys in and we brought to life a collection of songs that I feel really confident in. I mean, mountaintop, I don't think is even the main banger on that one. You know, heave ho was a huge hit for me um, last year it blew up, you know, on YouTube was like smashing it down, but it still broke through to like 30,000 plays on YouTube. Um, the music video was really, it was hilarious. It was fun, you know. Um, so Hebo was probably the main gunslinger on that album, but a really great collection of songs, some country in there, um, some 80s style pop a little bit with the Steve Winwood stuff. And, you know, just a grab bag of really cool stuff. Like, Someone that I really like is um, Seal. I like Seal's like early nineties yes. stuff because he's from the Rose from the Grave. Oh my God! Yes. Every time I yeah. heard that song, I was like, "Okay, yes, turn I'm this a huge one up." Fan of Seal, I love Seal. We were just talking yeah. about different kind of music last week. I uh, played some Tracy Chapman. You know, those yeah. kind of artists that just. They didn't fit the corporate mold of yeah. of what they want for a musician, and so I, some of the greatest artists of our time have been suppressed. Always, always. Oh yeah, always. Yeah, you know they they put together some really interesting, almost improvisational compositions in the early '90s. Tracy Chapman, Seal, um, John Cicada was another. He yeah. was from a jazz background. Some interesting jazz sort of like broke through um but it stayed in the pop format in the early 90s and and so there's some of that on this album um so just a, a bit of everything you know like there's there's just a bit of everything on this album so it was it was a real pleasure to make that's awesome no, Go ahead, that, just real quick that song like we always talk about like maintaining like this thirty thousand foot view but still keep grounded and yeah. that's kind of the feeling i got with that song so i really liked it man i really did Good, good. Yeah, man, chat's digging it too. So they're all uh, sharing your information out there. That's pretty cool. And we got to have you back. I, we got to have you back on a Sunday, man. And I would love to have uh, Texan and Joe kind of pick your brain and have more of this musical discussion. I want to. I want. I really want to know about how you create song. You know, with your with your song structures and creations, right? Like, but 
you're a very eclectic person. You got a lot, of, a lot of other shit going on. You've written several books, and the one that really caught my eye that I wanted to pick your brain about is an important one because while Joe and I were raised <laughs> in a not very peaceful parenting, uh, you know, environment. Uh, we learned lessons through whoopings, and if you uh, disrespected your mother, you got your ass kicked. When when dad came home, uh, the belt was a, a leather belt was a common uh, theme in our house. Uh, so were wooden spoons, and, and it was also a gift for Christmas from my sisters and, as a joke. Yeah, and it, you know, and I mean, I grew I grew up fine. I don't understand why everyone's worried about yeah, this. We're all, I, we're I all to be and dropped on our heads. But other than that, man, we made it. We made it. <laughs> but but. The point being is um, I had to change the way I became a parent uh, because I didn't want to have my kids have that same atmosphere. Now, I was still very strict. You had three chances to listen to what mom or dad said, and then you got smacked on the hand or you went and stood in the corner. Uh, I, you know, you still, for me, you st- I still had to create that atmosphere of, no, you're going to do what your mom says um, in this house. And I, I, but a, a lot of us feel like we have to use the way we were brought up to influence how we would raise our kids. What I found though, Stephen, is that each kid is very different, and you must kind of understand the child in order to get through to them in the, in the best way possible. Your book talks about peaceful parenting. That is the title of the book, and let me get it out there for you guys. Let me show you on the screen what it looks like. So if you want to find this, we'll get you guys links on where you can find this. It's called Peaceful Parenting by Stephen Franson. And what's the is, is this thing still in production, Stephen? How can people get a hold of this? Yeah, I think Amazon is, is the best way. You know, I used to do audible books, but that's just a lot of work to do the audio book. And, and when I finish that book, I just want to get on to the next thing. That's just kind of how I am. You know, I just I'm putting out a book, I think either today or tomorrow called Join the Gene Pool. Um, so that's my latest book. Um, and that's just how I work. I, I, you know, in 2019, I think I wrote five books, full length books too, not little books, full length books um, in that calendar year. So, so, but yeah, Peaceful Parenting is still, it's getting good sales. Um, you know, sales were great two months ago, especially they were really good. So, you know, we're talking seven months after the fact now that, that, since I've written that book. Um, but yeah, peaceful parenting is, you know, it's just so important that we reflect on those early childhood experiences to some degree, at least, you know, you don't have to go into um, a whole, make a whole life out of it. But I think if you do want to make a difference for your kids and make an improvement on what you got, then, you know, that's important to think on. And so this book is a call to that. It's a call to peacefulness because, you know, they're just, they're outcomes that you don't want with um, some of the more common parenting, you know, spanking is a big one that I talk about in the book. Um, Neglect is also a big one, you know, oh, neglect is a killer. And then the other one that I talk about is, is verbal aggression, you know, really going at your kid, name calling, yelling. Now, I understand we make mistakes, and we want to improve, you know, so this isn't like a, um, I'm not admonishing parents really in this book, I'm saying, this is why you ought to give this a go. This is my cell. You know, these are the reasons why peaceful parenting, give it a go. So that's, you know, that's the, that's sort of the, the basis of the book. So, and, and this comes out of this book comes out of just years of being exposed to good arguments around parenting, thinking about the parenting I went through, um, 
you know, and then I've done coaching for people. I've been self-employed coaching for years now, like over seven years. And, and I've learned a lot of lessons out of that. Like what screwed up people, what stayed with them, um, what seemed not to screw them up, you know, what was beneficial for them? Uh, what are they carrying through into their, into their parenting? So I'm drawing on a lot of those experiences distilled into this book. And I think people should pick it up. It's very interesting. You know, there's a lot of a lot of children in this world that I would say could really use an ass whooping by a parent. However, the 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 foundation of that is something you just said, neglect. What what um it's such a frustrating thing in this world to watch uh children be neglected by their parents and there are so many parents that really don't give a flying fuck about their kids. It's it's the foundation of why societies fail, in my opinion. And so there's also a fine line between that and, you know, becoming a best friend of your child and not disciplining your child and not teaching them discipline. How, do, how would you recommend parents, newer parents, draw that fine line between making sure that the child, the child grows up disciplined and not becoming the best friend of the child to the point where maybe the, the parent needs to grow up a little more? You know what I'm saying? Because I think there's a fine line there that people often cross instead of looking at it. I need to become your best friend and I need to, uh, it'll be okay. And everything, you know, they don't grow up understanding how the real world is. So there's a fine line there. Can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think what people really are after when they say they want kids to be disciplined is I think they want kids to be ordered and committed and um, consistent, you know? So um like hitting a kid just introduces chaos you know or name calling a kid gives them a complex so what what i talk about a lot in this book is is upsides like uh, sort of useful valuable alternatives to okay you hit that fork in the road where you know you want to get angry you want to put them in their place what can you do proactively like how can you self-manage and what can you introduce into this relationship that gets them to those outcomes um, that you're wanting to put in them when you spank, when you want to spank them, when you want to yell at them, um, what gets you to those outcomes without the adverse effects of, you know, spanking and yelling and stuff like this. And so, so I talk about articulation. I talk about articulation as a sort of superpower. Um, and what I mean by that is that every kid is on a learning process. They're on a learning journey. And, what you want for them ultimately, like we talked about, is you, you want them to be what we consider to be disciplined, ordered, consistent, committed. And so the way you get to that is you, are, you articulate, you sort of draw them further on their journey. You know, what do you want to learn about? What are you into? It's your job as a parent to be interested in the things they're into. It's not because, um, because you need to uh, foster your own interests in those things. It's because you want them to be successful later in life. And you want them to be well into the thing that they have the interest in because, you know, otherwise you pull back, you show them that you're bored in the thing that they're bored, that they're so interested in. And then they start thinking to themselves, well, am I boring to my parent? You know, so there is a lot of that. There's a lot of like where you're just kind of giving your time to your kid and you're investing in this thing of articulation is you're, you're asking them to express themselves, asking them to find the words. You know, I've got a young kid now and this kid is full of fire. You know, this kid wants to fight all the time and, you know, physically fight. And I've never laid a hand on this kid, you know, and this kid will walk up to me and just hit me, you know, hit me on the leg or something like this. And, 
30 years ago, um, you know, when I was raised, that was like a signal to fight, a physical fight, you know, and or spanking or something like this. But when I get hit on the leg, I go, what, what is this kid trying to express to me? What, what, are they, what do they need from me? What is going on for them? And then, you know, I go into asking questions. And so, so what's in this punch? What's going on here? Like, what do you want to do? Or what, what does this mean to you? And that really takes what would be a volatile situation and it just develops and it develops it into um, a, a narrative, uh, almost like a drama, an exploration, something that has meaning rather than you hit me. Now I'm going to hit you back. Well, that that ends the dialogue. So you want to like you want to s- sweeten the dialogue, always add more in there, always refine things. Um, that really is your role as a parent is is to have that wisdom to to always articulate things into something more and so whenever you when you do get that input from the kid the terse input the kid is screaming um the kid has broken something the kid has hit the other kid or something like this rather than taking that as a, a fork in the road to lay down the punishment you know um it's just another time that you can develop more meaning Develop something more in their mind. Develop something more in your relationship. So it's a very proactive way of looking at parenting. But I think it keeps us out of what I would what I would consider bad parenting or abusive parenting or something like this. Peaceful parenting isn't just like, you know, your kid whacks you in the leg and you just roll over like a big puss. You know, you're you're take you're taking that, you're being an active trainer always in your kid's life. So, um, so I really, I make that distinction for people. This isn't pussy parenting we're talking about, you know, if, if there's going to be a violent world out there, well, I'm not going to sit around and hit my kid. Um, but as, as they come into their body or whatever, I can wrestle with them. Um, I can show them how to work a speed bag. Um, you know, if they, if they're interested of their own accord, they can do some sort of mixed martial arts or something, or we can go out on the range and we can shoot. So I'm not saying make your kids soft. I'm just saying always when you hit that fork in the road where you could detonate things and you could go into your history and you could go into the way that you were parented and you could show who's who, you know, and who's boss. I'm saying take in that moment in time, just make that into articulation, go articulate something, make something new, be creative in this relationship, keep yourself out of the, you know, the misery of, old instincts and stuff like this make something new see what comes out of it and from my point of view and from my experience that's been a uniformly uh successful standard to introduce to people so that's a big thing that i sell yeah, in this book. Uh, it's really well said i wish i would have had had you before to be honest because for instance those of you who know me wouldn't this would not surprise you there was a kid walking around punching other kids at a park and uh, a bunch of our families were hanging out. And, you know, after three kids falling down, crying, kids walks up to me and starts punching me, nails me in the nuts. Now, I let it go for, for a little while, comes back, tries it again. And then two more punches in the stomach. I took the kid and smacked him on the hand to make sure it felt it. I said, don't hit people. Their parents looked at me like you just fucking hit my kid. And I was like, their parents were sitting there looking at the kid walking around punching people. This is what the real life is like. That's how I give lessons. <laughs> Maybe right. not the best way to give lessons. Maybe there's other ways to handle those situations. Wrestle with the kid. Talk to the kid. Find out what the, what, what the issue is. 
I really appreciate that perspective because that's just kind of how I reacted. It, it just seemed to be the right way, and their parents weren't happy with me. I said, listen, discipline your damn kid and don't walk around hitting people. And they just yeah. they were just living that. Now I'm telling them how to how to parent. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, something I think you know what I keep in mind with the, the physical stuff, and it does happen. And you know when someone is just doing random attacks like that, of course you have to contain them. Um, something that I think about is that the people who run the world right now, um, who have the most power and come from a culture of power acquisition, they have come up from verbal traditions. And this is this is a situation where physical violence is the absolute last resort. And we in America, we've been at war for like all but nine years of the Republic or yeah. something like this. You know, so so our culture, um, we are ready to, to fight. We're ready for justice and we're ready to, to met out justice and, and and, you know, get that vengeance moment or whatever, get that righteous vengeance. And so I'd like to think that you know we have to find a new way the 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 america's dying the dollar's failing um we just have to you know honor we have to honor our tradition and i'm not saying don't ever get in a physical altercation but i like to think that the people who um figure things out verbally get further in this life they pick up negotiation skills um that people who fall into physicality a lot more quickly don't and you see that in crime you see the way that crime is distributed across the cultures in america the different people in america and you start to figure out well you know there's more sophisticated stuff to get into than than like street fights and if you're if you're hitting your kid all the time um then you're training them for a life of like street fights and and um you know and or you're training them to just like bow to the first person that hits them. And I would rather train my kid to outsmart the first person that hits them, you know, and, yeah. and turn that person into an employee or something like this, you know? So, so I like that about um, verbal based cultures and traditions. And it's something that I think about, you know, when, when we come, when, when I come across this crazy violence, I don't think like, I don't think to myself, how am I going to out violence this violence? Right. Um, you know, we we yeah. were in Atlanta and there's all this, Black Lives Matters and all these, and you know they're Bane. The mob is Bane and stuff like this. I don't think to myself, well, I'm gonna who who am I gonna go out there and punch? I think, well, how am I gonna use words to diffuse the situation, um, to to bring more freedom? And and I think that if you practice that in the home, um, then that's gonna go a long way in future outcomes for your children. Yeah, the problem with Antifa is is when you outsmart them, they just punch you. So can't can't reason with them. Um, it's been already a flying by hour. Uh, how much time you got? Can I get another tune in there and have you tell me a little bit about the song or, or do you want to just continue uh, the discussion? Yeah, I th- we got another 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, that sounds good. I appreciate it. And then we'll try to get some calls from you guys. Maybe if we can do that. Here's another tune from Stephen France. And this one was, uh, one, let's see, when was this one dropped? This is about a year ago called Master at Work. Tell us a little bit about Master at Work, but then I want to find out a lot more about it after the song. Yeah, sure. So um, I composed this song in about 2015 or something like this, and it's from a soundtrack um, to a a novel that I wrote. So I I wrote a novel and I wrote a soundtrack to it. Um, And so there you go. This is the the master at work from the novel. You know who the master is when you read the book. So, Gotcha. This is off the album Band of Visionaries? Sounds good. Here you go, guys. Master at Work, Stephen Franson off the album Band of Visionaries.
Did that just play towards the whole end of the song? It did. It was playing earlier. I'm going to restart it, guys. Sorry about that. Or actually, no, that's a, it's only a minute long, so that was nice. the nice kind of a chill uh, musical vibe, I see. I missed it. That was only about a minute long. So, yeah, it's just kind of, uh, you know, uplifting, chill tune. What kind of... When you get into the musical mode of of creation and stuff, I always like picking the mind of people. Where do you start? Do you let just kind of uh, a, a sound or a hook kind of guide you? Does how does your strong uh, a musical structure uh, come together? I've always I'm always interested in that. Where does it start, and then where does how does it progress? Yeah, you know, I write a lot from. The guitar, Band of Visionaries, I wrote from the piano, and things were a lot different on that album. Um, but usually I write from the guitar, and I just find, like, a chord progression or something that, that catches me, and then I think of a uh, a melody, you know, to sing. And then I have, like, an unlimited amount of things to talk about. So, so something to sing about is, you know, it's, like, no problem for me. Um that's really the creative process for me. And then in terms of what inspires me, I, I really, I'm looking for authenticity. I'm always looking for authenticity and I'm looking for moments in time where people challenge themselves to be better, to, to make more beauty in the world, um, to do something more courageous, to explore something beyond themselves. I'm always in, very inspired by that. I'm always looking for that in art. And so, so these songs, they're, they're just a way of challenging myself um, to, to find something new to express. And so that's where the music comes from. So uh, it's really pretty interesting. I, I'm looking over at uh, your Odyssey channel and your, and your Rumble channel. I see you put quite a bit of content out uh, daily and, and, yeah, pretty much daily. Uh, tell us a little bit about the content that you put out and, and what's uh, what, what what kind of things do you talk about? Yeah, well, um, you know, I really hit my stride. It's unfortunate. I hit my stride like two years too late. If I'd hit my stride in 2017, um, I would have been, a, I would have blown up. But, you know, I hit my stride in 2019 when everything was just crushed down on me at that point. And so what I picked up that I think resonated with people in particular were these analysis videos where um, I would sort of show my ability to read a person, my ability to figure out where their thoughts were coming from, how they were forming their arguments um, and what their, what their real intentions were apart from what they were saying out of their mouths. I, I sort of picked this up as just a gimmick, you know, for me, it was a gimmick early on, but people just went crazy about it. You know, I, I really, I think the thing that put me on the map with that and, and really got me into my stride in terms of content creation was that I analyzed a conflict that Nick Fuentes and Owen Benjamin had. And I was analyzing Owen Benjamin's contributions to this conflict, what his perspective was on the conflict. And I was pointing out just how he wasn't in reality, how he wasn't really tracking things here and there. Um, personal admissions of his that would muddy the waters and stuff like this. So I was pointing this out to the audience and Nick loved it. Um, a lot of people loved it and that got shared a bunch. And so I just, I've tended to do that with these analysis videos. I think that's one of the things I do. Um, and then I just have like a general current events perspective and, you know, my output 
It kind of varies. It just, you know, I'm not a very consistent guy. I've found um, I, I have to follow the muse, you know, and if I'm not following the muse, it just, the, the floor falls out for me. So, so I don't do that. You know, I always follow the muse. Um, like after, after Trump was removed from power, um, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to talk about current events. I didn't want to talk about politics. I needed rest and reset from that. And so I wrote a book, I wrote a book on fertility and, and, and cultural commentary. And that's, you know, join the gene pool that should be out today or tomorrow. Um, but sometimes I just want to do music, you know, and I don't want to do anything with cultural stuff. I don't want to do anything with psychology or self-knowledge. I don't want to touch that. I just want to do music. You know, sometimes I just want to read books and that's all I want to do. And so I've learned to just stick with that. I've learned to just, you know, what it is that, what's the prevailing sort of win for me. And let me just like ride that and go with that. Um, so, so you look at my Odyssey, you look at my Rumble and yeah, certainly I've, I've put out a lot of videos um, in the last couple of weeks, but you know, it, it was like a desert for videos for like four or five months before that. So gotcha. I'm always just changing it up. That's what keeps me engaged. And that's what I want the viewer to get. I don't want them to get me when I'm unengaged. I know that makes me inconsistent. I know that that hurts audience numbers, um, but I can't do it that way. I got to do it my way. So yeah. Love it. I pre- I can appreciate that very much. Uh, listen, I got to pay some bills real quick. Uh, I'm going to do a advertisement real quick, and then uh, we can open up the phone lines and, and talk a little bit more about what you have upcoming and you know other ways people can get a hold of you and just some general discussions. Joe has a news best we'll get to eventually as well. So with that, I want to say uh, thank you all for joining us. Hang out for the second half. Should be fun. We'll take your guys' calls and whatever else is going on out there. Um, I want to start off with Rise Attire USA.com is the official show sponsor of Brothers Uncensored and UncensoredAbe.com. Go to Rise Attire USA.com, check out this minute and a half video, put in Abe Wave, buy some sweet gear, get a 10% discount, help this channel, help Rise Attire, and get some sweet gear. Check it out when you get time. Here's the advertisement. Get a minute and a half of your time. We'll be right back with you guys' calls and some more discussion with Stephen Franson. Stand by. reached a pivotal moment in the Great Awakening. Culture was hijacked and weaponized a long time ago, but now, we see it as the final battlefront of the information war of good versus evil. So, get in. We're hijacking it back for the cause. Here at Rise Attire, we spit on the garbage narratives of mainstream media propaganda. It's a means to an end for the agenda of the corporate elite globalist cabal. Welcome to Clown World. It's all a fake joke. But you're not. You are real. So, recognize us? We are Rise Attire and we've got the solution for all your based apparel needs. We do premium, top shelf, cut and sew apparel that's 100% made in America and 100% evil free. Guaranteed. Mimetic messaging and dope style will have you maneuvering through clowns with swagger in no time. Plant red pills in the minds of normies, attract more base people into your life, and give a big middle finger to the system. Go to RiseAttireUSA.com now. Repping truth never looks so good. Rise proudly sponsors Brothers Uncensored. Use promo code ABEWAY for 10% off your first purchase. RiseAttireUSA.com. Check them out when you guys get time. If you have to uh, check them out later, if you can't remember who they were, what it, what it was, just go to the website, UncensoredAve.com. You can always have that bookmarked, and you can always find all of that information there. Let me go ahead and open up the phone lines, get Joe in here to see what's going on out there in chat, and then we'll see if uh, 
anyone has any questions, commentary, or otherwise for our guest, Stephen Franson. How's things, how's things looking out there in chat there, Joe? Oh, man, the comments have been flying. Uh, I know you're going to have a lot of new fans, Stephen. Uh, I want to uh, say a quick shout-out to uh, Sly Park 2020, Napkin Nader, and Amy Joe. God loves you for the gold pills out there. We appreciate all of the help that you guys give us. Also on DLive, you guys have been cranking it out. I really appreciate it. All the support is amazing. Uh, you know, Stephen is one of those people who you can just tell first and foremost is grounded and just a patriot. I mean, that how else can you describe him? I mean, he literally is just a patriot, peaceful parenting, good music, just a grounded guy. Um, glad to have you on today, Stephen. I don't know. Um, I, I know we were kind of hesitant to take calls. Uh, I know you can only stick around for a little bit longer. So if anybody wants to call in, please jump in there real quick. Let's ask him a couple of quick questions if you got them. But, uh, you know, obviously his time is valuable as well. But we appreciate being here, Stephen. Yeah, it's great to be here. Yeah, I'll be curious to hear if anybody's got a, if anybody's got a call or, you know. It's, it's always a good time, man. Yeah. Life is beautiful. So Exactly. Yes, we, we usually get some pretty good callers in there. So if anyone wants to hop in there real quick, he's just going to hang out about 15 or 20 minutes longer. He's got to get going. Dude has a life, by the way, in case you guys didn't know. Uh, <laughs> I want to find out, uh, pick your brain a little bit about the newest book that you had that you mentioned earlier. Tell me what the name of it was again and where can people find it and, and what's the motivation of the book? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I had a real heartbreak um, with what happened uh, in January with Trump. Um, Just for different reasons, it was a big disappointment for me, and I just didn't want to talk politics for a bit. And so I I just took a break from streaming, and I ended up um, starting to write this book, and then it just exploded. I just, I started to find the words, and then it just, boom, I, I had it out of me probably in a week and a half. I mean, I just went crazy. And I I think that the spirit of this book is a lot to do with, um, you know, the book is called join the gene pool. So if you look, if you look up, join the gene pool, France, and you'll find it on Amazon, I'm going to post the link on my telegram in a little bit. But what I've been really very alarmed by is that fertility in the in the United States specifically has been going down by about one percent a year. Um, testosterone has gone down about one percent a year for like the last sixty years. Um, the where your baseline is what is considered healthy for testosterone is about half of what it was in the fifties and the sixties, and and the medical industrial complex is just fine with this. Like they're just normalizing lowering testosterone levels. And then you see the results in the culture. And, and you also see this myth of toxic masculinity. You see men who somehow have held on to their testosterone vilified. Um, but anyway, the point of it is that, that I am a bit of a natalist. I think that a really good way to pass on your values is to have children. And so long as you know the state doesn't have unfettered access to our children, we'll be able to raise our children according to our values. And so why wouldn't you want to have kids and the good news is that though fertility rates are dropping, um, conservatives are outbreeding liberals by at least two and a half to one. Um, and that's the, the most um, sort of narrow metric. But I've seen this drop in fertility rate. I've seen the skyrocketing virginity rates. I've seen this like incel phenomena, which is just young white men being disenfranchised from the societies that their, their fathers and grandfathers built. Yep. And then I see the mess that is the dating market, especially with women and feminism. And so what I do, what I do in this book is really the subtext 
is dealing with these problems. Now, how I express it um, in terms of the upfront uh, essays and, and then the writing style, it's just entertainment. It's just fun. It's almost like it's like turning on cable TV at night and just like clicking clicking through channels. Um, so it's it's fun in that way. It's, these are like short essays and it's very digestible. You could put it on your toilet and you know every time you go to take a dump, you just grab a book and and read another five minutes of it or whatever. And it's it's just totally. Um, prime to go that way. But what I'm dealing with in the subtext is I'm dealing with this um, antenatal culture and really addressing um, how men can join the gene pool. And so you see that in the book cover. You see a guy like on his way to join in the gene pool. And, and so it's a very, like it's a, it's a kind of an anthem. It's a very positive book that came out, you know, after all this disappointment and disillusionment with, you know, what went down with the whole Trump situation and everything. So I think a lot of us uh, had to kind of reflect on what we just saw happen and between November and January. And a lot of us uh, that do these uh, shows every day, it was not easy to kind of to digest and understand what actually happened. I think I, I, I've been very, very uh, hard on people trying to tell us that Trump will be back in the next uh, two years or less. Um, but I do see like some paths now kind of opening up for that. You see what's happening in Michigan. You see what's happening in Arizona. This is going to, uh, I think they're almost done with the audit in Arizona. I think in the next week, we're probably going to get some results there. And if, if they start decertifying some of these elections and get the ability to, um, to, to have the, the data they need to basically call for a new election that we could start seeing that happen in every state. I mean, it could be interesting. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to keep some hope alive, but I think in some ways what has happened to our nation over the past, you know, eight months, nine months is woken a hell of a lot of people up and they're all looking around going, there's no freaking way Joe Biden won that. And they, maybe, maybe they want to just accept it as uh, their reality and live with it. But I think there's a lot of people that are walking, looking around going, wow. Uh, we do have a caller on the line. 210, can I get you to unmute star six, please? Uh, I'll try asking you to unmute. Give me the name that you have, and then we will get uh, you in here for a question with uh, Stephen before he has to bug out here in a little bit. Uh, 210, go ahead. What's your name, please? Hey, it's uh, Colin. I can barely hear you, brother. Hey, it's uh, Colin. Colin. Hey, Colin. Welcome to the show. Hey, uh, I was just calling to say I'm a big fan of Stephen Branson. I, he puts out some really great stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I totally agree with the, uh, you know, fertility issue. That's a book I'm going to buy as soon as it comes out because, you know, I'm a pretty young guy myself. I'm, you know, 26, wife is 26. And, you know, we had one kid when we're, uh, 20, but we've been trying to have a child for a while and, you know, we're both healthy and, you know, I think it's a problem for a lot more people than people know about. Oh yeah, it most certainly is. And, um, I, I think a, a piece that is really understated is, you know, we hear all about female infertility. Um, but a lot of the problem that is coming up now is okay. Yeah. We've had female infertility for a while. Um, you know, like a woman who is in her early 20s now, she can rely on having the fertility of what her grandmother had at age 35. So for female fertility has been obviously in a nosedive. Um, but I think an understated part of this is men's sperm health, 
which is, is a funny thing to bring up on like a Patriot show when we're talking about music, but um, actually there are, there's a lot of xenoestrogens in the environment. Um, people are thinking there's electromagnetic poisoning um, and there's just nutrient profile problems in terms of our modern diet that is really screwing up sperm motility, um, sperm density, uh, and just general sperm health. We're getting a lot more mutations in sperm at earlier ages for people. And so men are going infertile at younger and younger ages. This is very, very alarming in terms of, um, in terms of like, you know, what's going on in modernity right now. So I think people, they chase the female fertility rabbit thinking that's the thing, but, but oftentimes really it is, it is male infertility. It's almost as if there's a plan in place to remove nutrients from our food and stuff that we need to become uh, solid human beings and healthy human beings. It's almost as if there's some type of, oh, I don't know, population control in play or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm wondering yeah. What the thinks. Say that again. So I wonder what the caller thinks. What do you think, big guy? Uh, I totally agree. I, I think there's all kinds of things that are poisoning us that we don't really know about, you know, plastics, radiation, all kinds of things. Um, and you can't really get that information from just any doctor. You can get a fertility doctor and I just feel like they're going to give you a bunch of crap. I'd rather, honestly, rather, I feel like I could get better information from some, uh, conspiratard on Twitter and some dark unknowns of the internet than any fertility doctor. He just went. He just went straight out conspiratard. I love it. <laughs> it's so true, though. It's so true. I mean, I, just read Agenda Twenty Twenty One, Agenda Twenty Thirty. They tell you about population control. Read the the results of Moderna and um, oh crap. What's the other one? Monsanto's results on what happens to our food and the nutrients in our food. Learn about the kind of uh, the the fertility stuff and what the, the chemicals they use in in cows and pigs to keep them healthy and how that removes a lot of the normal nutrients that are in our food based on the grains they eat. Everything that happens to our food is just, it's, it seems like it's meant to be less healthy. It's very interesting. Let's not forget to mention the article I talked about yesterday about Bill Gates owning, I don't know, 12,000 acres and the majority of the acres that he owns um, are tied to like McDonald's, for example. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, people have to really um, start decentralizing off of the food supply. You, you know, the food, the food supply is like so centralized in the United States. You know, you've got like your potato makers here. You've got your veggie makers here. You've got your meat people here. And, uh, and that's it. And they ship everything like at least an average of 2000 miles or something like this, like this. And so people need to get off the centralized food system, start raising their own food, start sourcing locally. Um, people are already doing this. I mean, butchers are just totally slammed across the country. You know, up here in Montana, some butchers are, are booked out two years in advance on jobs. Um, you can't even take the livestock that you have on your property to the butcher because they're just booked out so far. So people also got to pick up the skills. Um, people need to know how to, um, you know, field dress things, how to process chickens, uh, just keep chickens at, at a basic level because, 
you know, they are, they are really planning to um, take over the entire food supply and the, the federal government's not going to stop them. And, and there's really no checks and balances anymore in terms of um, stopping the globalist runaway. So, you know, you're, you're counting on a wing and a prayer for maybe the, the Supreme Court to come through. And then after that is the state legislatures. But everything that the Fed is doing is runaway globalism and the food supply is directly affected by that. So if we're talking about fertility, uh, we're talking about, you know, basic nutrients that you're missing. Maybe you're missing out on some zinc or maybe you're missing out on some, you know, a lot of people have been getting potassium shortages for some reason. C and D like, shortages. Yep. Yeah. So, so I, you know, I think that that's a lot of the, the culpability for, for dropping testosterone levels, but um, you know, it's something to look out for. Fertility is a huge crisis and this is um, as big a deal as the border crisis on the Southern border. Good, good stuff. Colin, I really appreciate you calling in and uh, having a discussion with us. Any last thoughts or questions for Stephen before I let you go? Oh, that's it. Thank you guys for everything. Uh, thanks for all the info y'all put out, and that's it. Thank you. Thanks appreciate for the call. Call, call, back, call back more often, my friend. All righty. Have a good one. Good stuff. Appreciate that. Uh, so there we go. Open phone line if you guys want to call in. So let's see. Let me see here. That The book came, comes out today, you said it does? Yeah, join the gene pool should be out today. Um, I just saw that the link published or the paperback published. Uh, so you can get that through Amazon. You know, uh, I'll put the link up on my telegram here in a minute. But it's it's a cool book. It's a lot of fun. You know, um, at some point, I'm like, it's some of its parodies and spoofs. I do like a Batman parody. Um, this this Godzilla versus King Kong movie just came out. I do a parody of that. It's nice. really all over the board. It's it's for the guys, you know. I know women will enjoy it as well, but this is for the guys. So uh, you guys are going to love it. Love awesome. it. I will definitely have to pick this up, man. Appreciate it. All right. With that, uh, I'm, I think that's pretty much I got everything covered. Other than what do you have upcoming? We got we got your telegram out there. We got all the information out there on how people can get, get a hold of you. What's uh, what's your future plans uh, for the rest of this summer and going into the fall? What do you got going on? Well, you know, I um, I live on an acreage here in Montana, and I think a lot of what I what I am involved in, you know, I I'm a person that takes my own advice, so I live my values, and and so everything that you get transmitted through intellectual artistic form, I'm living it in some fashion. And so I'm on my acreage here in Montana, and I fought hard to get this acreage. Um, I am in the middle of, you know, preparing, preparing for what I think is going to be um, some pretty big societal calamities. And so in doing that, I'm sourcing my own food. I'm getting, you know, the gardening is like at full tilt boogie right now. Um, you know, I've, I'm sorting out my livestock. I've, I'm getting my fencing going, getting everything sorted with that. The, the hot wire, getting that going. Um, you know, talking to people that I need to talk to in order for food processing, getting the canning up and running, you know, this is like a big consideration for me. It's something that, you know, especially as a father, I want any children that I have to have healthy, healthy food in their system. So I'm devoting a lot of time to, to being a farmer in a sense, really, um, learning the ins and outs of that learning, you know, where do I want to source my grains from for my chickens? How do I want to do that? What's the, what, how do I want to mix that up and break that down? Who should I be buying from? What if that, what if that 
closes down for me and I can't be buying grain from them? What if the gas price goes through the, through the roof and I got to keep, um, you know, I got to keep the pigs and the chickens going? How am I going to be able to do that? Um, all sorts of things, you know, rain catchment systems and, and everything, just getting everything going. Um, I need to be able to have systems in place so that my family can be fed um, irrespective of what happens with the grocery store or the prices at the grocery store. And I think that that's where we're, where we're going to get hammered. I think we're going to get hammered at the gas station um, and at the grocery store. And it's undeniable. Yeah, I mean, it's coming. Go, yeah. And you see the meat prices rising like they have. Um, so I'm getting all that done. I'm getting some construction work done because I'm, I'm not happy with the prices of materials. And so I'm moving ahead on some construction projects that I need to do. And I think some interesting writing is going to come out of this. Um, but in terms of like, Video streaming, I know I had a very popular show for uh, a year there. It was called Saturday Night Vibe. Everybody's dying for me to bring it back. I I'm not going to be bringing that back anytime soon. You know, I'm really just focusing on this next phase of adulthood. Um, you know, the more this, this is the thing with government, as big as it has become, is that it steals our agency and it steals our dignity as men. And we own less and less of the processes that keep us alive. And so I don't think you need to go full mountain man. I don't think you need to go full off grid. Maybe you do. Maybe where you're at, you need to go off grid. Maybe you're in Arizona and, you know, things are looking the way they are there with mass migration. Maybe you do. But we need to, as men, take more and more ownership of these processes um, to provide for our families and to be dependent upon in the community, to have something to offer the community. Like, what do you do for the community? Well, I sit back and I surf the internet. Yeah, you know, that's what <laughs> most men find their lot in, you know. Well, I, I say things on the internet or I watch a lot of good shows. Um, and I'm, I'm moving, you know, I've never really been into that, but I'm moving as far away from that as I can because I want to be valuable um, to the people around me. And I want to own all as much of those processes as possible. And I, I really want to grow up even more. You know, I'm in my 30s yeah. now, but it's like I want to take on more responsibility. You know, it's something that I've so, always wanted to do in my life is be become more self-dependent. Um, and it's it's always been a goal. It's just my uh, decisions in my life have taken me a path that hasn't allowed me to focus on that. It's very smart for you and you and, you know, I'm almost 50 now. If I would have done it at your age, I'd be I'd be set right now, right? So congratulations to you for taking that path, and I think that's a very wise path for the future is uh, for all of us. How can we all become more or less dependent on the society and the and the, the services provided to us? I think that's great stuff, man. I do have two more callers. I realize that we've already kept you about 25 minutes later than normal. Uh, I want to I want to give you the opportunity to just uh, let people know uh, best way to find you and if there's a way we could have you back on a Sunday night show, man, for some music talk. Maybe when you're getting ready to get into some more music again, start getting some more stuff launched, uh, we could have you back for that discussion. I appreciate your time with us today. Uh, best way to get a hold of you is I think the best you know the thing I'm most active on is Telegram, uh, and the, the link should be posted, but. You know, I, I'm on Telegram every day. I've been going on screeds lately, writing long passages, you know, um, but sometimes I'm quiet on there. Just kind of depends. But Telegram's the, the, my main sort of touch point with the Internet. That's where you'll find me on social media. You know, I was on Twitter. I was banned off of Twitter. 
you know, I had like many tens of thousands, I had 10, I had like 11,000 people or something, 10,000, something like this. So, mm-hmm. so now I'm on Telegram, got about 12,000 people there, which is a good accomplishment. Yeah. Um, getting more on Telegram than I had on Twitter. It is pretty good. Yeah. That so, says a lot about what Twitter was doing to you. I, I was the yeah, same way. Yeah. Exactly. So that's where you guys can find me. Um, and I really recommend you get Join the Gene Pool. That is just, it is a really cool book. It is, um, you know, it's a little in the spirit of like Mad TV nice. in the nineties. It's it's a little like in your face and aggressively conservative, and um, and it's you know it's for laughs. But I think I've been, I've been collecting autographs book, books lately. I got General Flynn's. I got Sidney Powell. I got uh, what else did I get? Uh, let's see. Oh, Adam Adam Carolla. Maybe I could uh, get one and uh, send it over to you. Have you send a sign? Give us give us an autograph. Maybe would that be possible? Yeah, that'd be good. Always yeah. happy to sign an autograph. Yeah, thanks for having me on, you guys. It was it was great to be on your show. Thank I would you. love to do it again, man. I really appreciate it. Joe, last thoughts for Stephen before we let him go. There, I mean, I guarantee you, Stephen, you have a ton of new fans because you're getting tons of love out in chats between Foxhole, D Live, and everywhere else. Everyone just really appreciates, I kind of said it earlier, about how you have this 30,000-foot view, but you're so grounded, and I absolutely love it. Please keep doing what you're doing. If you need us to help you lift uh, lift you up in any way possible, we are here. I would love to have you on our Sunday night show if you have a chance. Come hang out and play whatever music you'd like. That would be so much fun. But in the meantime, Stephen, thank you, sir, for being here, and take care. God bless. Thank you. God bless you guys. Take care. Stephen Franzen, appreciate your time very much and appreciate you very much. Keep, keep on the fight, Patriot. And uh, for, for all of you out there, the best way to get a hold of them, links have been dropped in the chat. They'll be put into YouTube or put into uh, the uh, podcast later as well. You'll be able to find that there as well. For those of you that wanted to call in and specifically talk to Stephen, he only wanted to do an hour, and he was gracious with his time to, to stay about 25 minutes longer, so I appreciate it. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I mean, literally, you know, he's like, I got, you know, I got stuff I got to do. We're like, hey, no problem. We'll get you out an hour. No problem. He's like, hey, you know, I can stick around for 20 more minutes. I love when that happens. It means the conversation went good. I see everyone in chat thanking uh, thanking him and us for having him on. Um, it's just one of those guys that, you know, in the fight, um, you know, took it hard like many did when, you know, Trump wasn't elected, but is still out there and still doing good because he's grounded and knows that he's got to keep fighting just like our brother, Gary Flesner, who continues to fight every single day. How are you doing today, Gary? Oh God. So good. I wanted to come on so bad while he was still on because everybody knows I've been sick and I totally believe a lot of what he's saying because I buy all my meat from a food co-op. I buy, I got a food processor. I make my own lunch meat. I make my own bologna. I make my own uh, hero meat. You know, uh, I buy all my seasonings from a health food store. I was ready to die, and I seriously think changing my eating habits is what saved me. Makes such a huge difference. It really does. It wouldn't surprise me, man. I mean, there's a lot of of us that aren't... uh don't take care of, uh, of our nutrition very good. And it's re- I think it's underestimated how important it is. Oh, I think everything. I, I, I haven't had a cold. I mean, I still got my MG, but I, I don't catch colds. No, since I started eating better, I don't get infected. You know, like my, both my toes are beat up, but I haven't got really a inf- bad infection in either one of them. And I used to cut myself and boom, I'd instantly have an infection in it, you know? 
and I'm on drugs that are weakening my immune system. And uh, that new guy uh, that's on, the one that sells the marijuana stuff, uh, can't think of his name. It got me and not being able to remember names. Uh, he got the nice beard. M- uh, M3 was on his show today. Oh, yeah. I saw uh, Cannabis and Combat. Yeah, well, I called them and talked to them, and then he went out and did research and come back and told me they got four cases of someone with MS or MG that they have an oil they took, and they actually improved 60 to 70%. And wow. I want to buy it, but unfortunately right now my computer's thinking about taking a holy crap, and I'm trying to raise the money to get a new one and I'm getting close. I'm about 250 bucks away. I'm going to go hawk a bunch of shit at the pawn shop today to try to get the rest of the money, you know, sell $2,000 worth of shit for 250 bucks. I hear you. Yeah. I'm in the process of getting some upgrades for my sister and, and uh, as well as for us, for when we have uh, these future events, I'm doing the same thing, trying to save as much money as possible as well. Yeah. Well, I did so much research and everybody laughed. They go, Gary, what are you getting a gaming laptop for overclock what is the gaming computer for streaming what are we doing streaming oh you don't need an overclocked gaming computer to stream though no but i like to game too there you go perfect (laughs) you know if i'm not on here i like to game the thing with buying a gaming computer there's a three thunder port in it and if you own a laptop, one of the problems is every time you want to go outside with it, you got to unplug the internet. You got to unplug your mouse. You got to unplug your TV. You got to unplug this. Well, with this, with the gaming type laptop, I plugged the three port in and I got a unit I put behind it that has a 400 watt power supply in it. And then it has high end video for two TVs. It has another port for another TV. You plug your mouse into it. You know, you plug a spare keyboard into it. And they're all running off the power supply in it, not your laptop. So you're not producing all that heat in your laptop. Interesting. Plus, when you're done and you want to go outside, you unplug one thing, pick your laptop up and walk out the door, not five or six things. These new Perfect. systems these days are are beyond the power that I've ever dreamed about. I basically took a $110 desktop computer, maxed the hard drive as good as I could, and it's been working perfect for me for two years now. It's, uh, you know, I mean, there's so much out there right now that you can get into great, uh, great computers, man. One of these days I'd like to upgrade as well. Well, I'm also looking at it. I'm 68. I got a disease that was supposed to kill me a long time ago. This is probably my last computer. I want the one I want this time. There you go. Yeah, there you so, go. You know, now I just got to figure out how to finish paying for it, you know? Yeah, I hear you. I appreciate yeah, you, Gary. Any on, uh, last thoughts before I let you go today, my friend? Uh, no, I'm still here. I'm still alive. And uh, a lot of, to let everybody in chat know, I, lots of times I'm in chat, and you know I chat a lot. But my computer just won't. Let me chat sometimes now because it's, you know, kind of chugging along. So if I don't say hi back to you, it's not because I don't want to. I'm just hoping it don't quit working. I'm saving my post for something important. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha, gotcha. I appreciate you, Gary. Have a great day. Appreciate evening, it, sir. Gary. Love thanks. you guys. Nice thanks. calling in and talking to you. And everybody, yeah, buy a food processor. Look into making your own. I make my own spaghetti. I make my own noodles. 
No preservatives, people. That's what's getting to you. Yeah. Yes, sir. It is. You guys all have a good day. Much love, Gary. Gary. Appreciate it, brother. That's our brother, Gary Flesner. Appreciate that call. And Colin earlier, another great call. Love it. Diddy style. I see you out there, brother. And Miss Bourne, thank you for the uh, gold pill for the one AP. I appreciate that. Much love, Miss Bourne. Appreciate that very much. Good to see you guys all out there. See, I see the Twitch fam out there as well. It's good to see you guys all over there hanging out as well. Uh, Leah and Chris and several others just kind of hanging out, not chatting over there on Twitch. That's cool. That's fine with us. Texans in the house. He's out. Of course, guess where he's at on the road. What's up? What's good, man? Actually, man, it's going to be kind of weird. I got to work this in. Uh, I just got loaded. I'm fixing to scale out and blah, 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 a bunch of shit. So, uh, is the guest still on? No, oh, he had a bug out. Uh, we, he was only going to stay an hour. We kept him. We kept him a little bit long. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I had something to say about uh, a few things he was talking about, but I was hoping to get to talk to him. But talking about children and. Uh, Oh man! Well, you know as well as I do, Alan. It's a it's a violent world out here, and and your goal as a parent is to give your child the tools to be successful in life. Is what it boils down to. And you know, uh, as humans, we we all have a nature. Every one of us all have a certain nature, and uh, you know, it's like this: the lie nature, lying. Uh, that that's built in us. Uh, I can prove it. You take a three year old kid three-year-old child steals a cookie out of cookie jar gets caught with it and you ask him uh you know did you get that out of the jar no you know they'll do everything they can tonight to get out of trouble i mean that that's human nature you know so what the goal to do is what i've always the rule i've always ran by is to uh break the will of the child but not the spirit you know you break that sin nature you break that will and it's a lot of people out there ride horses, okay? It's, it's kind of like breaking a horse. Uh, you got to do it with a, a show of force, but you do it with respect and love and not abuse. Because once you get in, across the line to abuse, then you're getting into, uh, you know, breaking the spirit of that child. And that, that unfortunately, is all too often today. Yep. You know, uh, break the spirit, but maintain the will, and you do it with respect and love. And sometimes it, you know, it, it does, it does take a show of force. And it's just like the old saying, you know, uh, peace through force. That still applies with raising a child today. Man, I, I have four kids. I've never spanked, uh, or hit or any, any one of them ever never had to. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, I've definitely been, you know, let's just say at a Walmart and I'm looking at the kid going, that kid needs to be spanked. But, it all comes down to, um, you know, like Steven. I mean, he's just a grounded person. He understands. He's he's very analytical, uh, autist, if you might say. He thinks about things very deeply and tries to find other ways to peacefully handle situations and to have conversations. Those two things, peacefully and conversations, don't seem to go hand in hand these days. And that is something that we need to focus on, I think, more than anything right now. Well, I've, I'll tell you what, I've, I've had to, uh, you know, spank my child because, I mean, every child is different, you know, yep. and uh, uh, every situation is different. So you can't just wrap it up in one neat package and say, this is how it is, yeah. you know, 
And uh, but when when it comes to uh, to having to uh, you know spank a child, don't ever do it out of anger. I've never spanked my child out of anger. I always made sure that I was in the right place and calmed down. And then I spoke to them and I told them why. And then I would set the limit. You're either going to get two swats or you're going to get three. It was never more. It was never less. It was always, you know, and then, and then after they, after it got through to them that, uh, you know, I loved them and they knew it. And then, you know, it, it worked and I didn't have to do it, but maybe four times out of his whole, whole life, man, even through his teenage years. So, you know, that, that's what, that's what worked in my situation, but the abuse thing, man, I mean, I, I'm dead on with that. That's, that's fucked up shit. And there's way too much of that these days. It really is. Leah worth had a great, have a great evening. Thanks for joining us today. You know, the neglect issue, that's something that, that Steven hit on, I think is, is a reflection of a society in a lot of ways. And it's just, there's just way too much child neglect in our society. There's something very wrong in somebody who doesn't care about the well-being of a child. I just can't, I cannot process that in my mind at all. I cannot understand that. And there, that's, you know, you want to talk about foundational problems of uh, downfalls of society. There's a good spot to start right there. Yeah. Uh, the, the neglect thing, man, that's, that's, man, that is just way too widespread. That, that seems to be more the norm today than it is anything. And it's an attack on the American family. And, you know, it's uh, through the schools and everything. I mean, we can go on and on and on about that, but um, hang on a second. Nope. Yeah, I, I completely, right, completely agree, Texan. Absolutely. Um, you know, starts in our schools, you know, first and foremost, you know, the indoctrination. Um, yeah, the indoctrination. Well, it starts in the home and then it's our responsibility to make yeah. sure what's going on in the schools. And we've all had that, you know, conversation many times, but, but yeah, man, it's, you know, it's a screwed up society. And like I said, every case is different. You know, it's like, I have, I have the utmost respect for the people who are doing it for the right reasons and really want to help children. And, and they run, you know, uh, a foster home, you know, I know there's some shit out there about foster homes. Yeah, there's some bad shit about it. But honestly, there are good people out there that really want to help. Yeah, there's and no shortage this- of good people, too. I mean, we I just highlight the, the problems and, and make sure people identify that, that sure. it actually is a problem. But you're right. There's no shortage of great people helping take care of kids uh, that need it. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, like I said, anyway. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, the. Those kids are our future, man. They're going to be the ones running the country here, uh, you know. And uh, we've got a, you know, that that the, the satanic cabal knows that. That's why it's under attack, so that they can control the future. And uh, the children are our future. And anyway, guys, with that said, I really got a bolt. I'm holding up. I'm holding up progress around here. Roger that. <laughs> be safe. Have a, have a blessed day, brother. Much love, Texan. Good to hear from you, brother. All right, guys. Love you guys, man. See you down the road. You too, brother. The Texan coming to hang out as he usually does. And with that, guys, well, I'm kind of going to wrap the show up with Joe's rapid fire segment. He's got some news that he needs to get to today. Well, we'll finish it up with uh, hanging out with you guys in chat for the last couple minutes. Uh, but first, I really just kind of want to hear the guns of Navarone. <laughs> <laughs> so <Same>. to speak. <laughs> so uh, let's start with that.
right, Joe, I know you went through uh, several of the news stories of the day to pick out which ones were caught your eye. What did you find? Man, I'll try to hurry because I know we're uh, got uh, got limited time here. So let me just talk about a couple of these real quick. The ACLJ talked about every single day in Nigeria, Christians aren't just having their rights or their right to religious freedom denied. They are being murdered because of their faith in Jesus. The uh, This article, man, you, you handed this one over to me, and this is pretty interesting. First and foremost, nobody is talking about it. Secondly, this article is by Mike Pompeo. So it's it's very interesting. If you guys get a chance to check it out, please do, because this is something that not a lot of people are talking about. It's, you know, probably the least reported story about uh, what Boko Haram did to uh, a school of uh, girls and and everything else that's happening. Parents just being murdered and uh, Christians being uh, part of genocide. It's happening and it's, you know, can we expect CNN to do a special report on Christian persecution in Nigeria and around the world? I'll wait for that one. Exactly. Exactly. Zero Hedge had a, a, an unbelievable article. It's not unbelievable because it's it's believable. Uh, illegal border crossings keep climbing 180,000 in May. Unbelievable. Uh, that's illegally entering the United States. That's the highest month in 21 years. Unbelievable there. And it's probably going to continue. What was the number they expected? Almost 2 million this year? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. FCCED, again, former deputy mayor of Jerusalem, indicted in bribery case every single day. Some kind of bribery, some kind of fraud. Something is always going on. Unbelievable. Yesterday was Metma's Gandhi's granddaughter. Today. Yeah. <laughs> What's yeah. tomorrow? Nothing to see here, though. Uh, this one out of the Eastern District of Pennsylvania, former Montgomery County uh, Children's Swim School employee, sentenced to seven years for trafficking and child pornography. Danielle uh, Sebenik, 29, of Glenside, PA, was sentenced to seven years in prison and 10 years of supervised release visits or uh or uh to the u.s district court judge um p- distribution and possession possession of child pornography uh kids first swim school and janking town janking town pa unbelievable and another one as well out of the eastern district of new A york 30 year old woman Long- really yeah long island gang member indicted for sex trafficking and sexual exploitation of, of minors as young as 15 years old. Um, so this was another unsealed indictment. Uh, this is um, Central Is Islip. Uh, a a seven-count indictment was unsealed charging Joshua Lampy Reed, or Lampley Reed, a member of the Mac Bala set of Blood Street Gang, Sex trafficking, coercion of enticement of a minor, sexual exploitation of a minor, transportation of child pornography, and interstate prostitution, on and on and on, just every single day. That guy's going away for the rest of his life. Yes, indeed. Corey'sDigs.com. This one is actually by uh, James Fitzgerald. Alert. They are using smart devices to entrain your children. Children represent the great hope of civilization. Funny how we were just talking about this. 
uh, imbued as they are with any natural curiosity and awareness of the truth and charged with energy and vitality. It's almost in almost all indigenous traditions, the natural world uh, represented the gateway to the cosmos of higher realms of wisdom. And so newborns were quickly offered exposure and freedom to explore this lush metaphysical inheritance. This article is absolutely fantastic. Please go and check that out at Corey'sDigs.com. Always does great work. Uh, Rep. Matt Gates grills the FBI Director uh, Ray on Dr. Yan Whistleblower COVID origins. I don't know if you guys had a chance to check this out. The National Pulse dropped this, but I know this video is out there. It's about five minutes long. Go check this out. Matt Gates. I tell you, man, say what you want about him, but I think he's just a hell of a patriot, and he put the coals to Ray, and Ray was fuddling around. Sure does seem like uh, they're laying the groundwork for the truth that uh, this COVID thing is a bioweapon from China. Hmm. Funny how that works. Very interesting, needless to say. Uh, CP, uh, this uh, my sister dropped this to me, actually. Don, thank you. CPB South Texas. Protecting our communities, officers of Loretto Port of Entry apprehended two fugitives wanted on felony warrants for sexual offenses against children under 14 in the Dallas and Zapata areas. Good catch on that one, Don. Oh, this yesterday, there was a mom. Today, there's another mom, Virginia mom, who survived Mayus, 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 thank you, China eviscerates school board's critical race theory push. This is another fire video. I know it's all over. This was Fox News. This lady just, I'm not going to play it. It's only a minute long, but you get the idea. We are seeing more and more parents every single day showing up at these school boards, telling people to shove that critical race theory up their ass. We're done with it. We want nothing to do with it. Stop indoctrinating our children. I love to see this happening. I kind of want to hear that, actually. We We got time. Go ahead. All right, hang on one sec. Let me just double check. I got gotcha. my sound on. Trick Pony out there. Mistborn, uh, Blonde Blue, Lady Q, good to see you out there. Amy Joe and the Mods, Texas Girl, Polidius, thank you all very much, as well as Chris over there on Twitch for helping to mod uh, the, the, the chats out there. Appreciate it. Here we go. Well, what's going on in our school? You are now teaching, training our children. To oh, no, this is way too quiet. And to loathe our country and our history. Uh, growing up in Mouth, China, all this seemed very familiar. Yeah, no, can't you can't hear, hear that. Yeah. So, but again, she just, you know, <laughs> Bray Parent, who grew up in Mao's China, point, points out that all the identical traits <clears throat> in the Cultural Revolution and what LCPS and really every school system are doing throughout the use of critical race theory, just fire. Good stuff. Zero Hedge, uh, another great article. L.A. Sheriff attributes crime surge to Soros back D.A. Gasson supports recall. It's another jackass that needs to go. The city of Los Angeles saw a sharp 36% increase in homicides in 2020. The L.A. County Sheriff said this year is looking even more grim, and he's blaming the widespread uptick in crime on District Attorney George Gasson. Uh, that's the guy Absolutely. we talked about yesterday that there was evidence of voter fraud. Yeah, go figure. 
Uh, Tucker uh, on Fox News, America should apply for asylum in El Salvador. It's safer than Baltimore and Chicago. (laughs) It's sad, but it's true. Crime rates are rising in the United States, but Kamala won't fix her own goddamn country. Tucker Carlson with a 10-minute just absolute fire, fire, fire. Go check it out. If you think it's had a stressful week, imagine being Kamala Harris. You take your first big trip to the south of the border to what we use call the developing world. You're excited about it because you know that as a licensed person's of color and other people of color you're going to meet will be thrilled to see you. This is, goes on did, and on. Did anybody out there expect competence from Kamala Harris? I mean, I, I think it's hilarious oh. the way the media is constantly all over and just kind of ignoring Joe Biden. But at the same time, I mean, is there anybody, literally, because there's one person out there who actually wanted Kamala Harris to even be in the near the White House, much less in it? Exactly. We knew she'd be on her knees, the heels are heels up, but that's as far as we were hoping she'd get. I had to talk about this. The Daily Beast dropped this. Uh, the far-right paramilitary wannabes feeding Mike Flynn's conspiracy machine. The First Amendment Praetorian Group has become an on-call security intelligence team for the most extreme and esoteric of Trumpists. The fucking idiot. One of the dumbest people on the planet. I got to find out who this William Bretterman is, by the way. Of course, Will Summers one of the ones that was part of it, too. Yeah, go figure, man. If you guys get a chance, I I don't want to say go check it out, but basically, you know, when when he says when QAnon conspiracy theorists, again, the just that beginning of the sentence is stupid in itself. Descended on a Dallas event hall in late May for their convention, they were met at the door by members of First Amendment Praetorian, a tough talking new volunteer. Oh, we're group. more tough talking, buddy. You'll see. You'll see who talks. These guys, forget these guys, dude. This isn't even worth wasting our fucking time on the QAnon conspiracy theorists. It wasn't even a QAnon event, you fucking moron. They're labeling this the way they always do. They're framing the debate the way they always do. The whole article is a loaded piece of fucking garbage, just like every other piece of garbage. Will Summer and his media mattered meatheads, dumb fuck, put out there every second of the day. They are not anywhere near journalists. They are failed uh, script writers who are now writing uh, garbage for the Daily Beast, you fucking morons. It's laughable who these people think they are. They're a bunch of nobodies who just who just do this stuff to get attention. I don't give a flying fuck about them. Nobody gives a flying fuck about them. They're they're the laughing stock of uh, anywhere near what's called the media these days. And I, I kind of get this feeling that someone's just still a little butthurt that one a Praetorian kicked his ass out of the Dallas event. Just it's saying. There you go. So this was interesting out of Reuters. Uh, the exception to the rule G7 deal on tax triggers carve out talk. Uh huh. We know what's going on here. Uh, they're basically just trying to allow China to do whatever the fuck they want and charge what they say a 15% corporate tax rate. Uh, to the tax, the biggest companies opening across borders in their countries. We know this is all bullshit, but I had to uh, report on that little so-called summit. Um, the wife of El Chapo pleads guilty. I just mentioned El Chapo's wife the other day. Uh, pleads guilty to drug trafficking and money laundering. This dropped today. Uh, the wife of El Chapo, leader in drug trafficking organization known as the Sonola Cartel, pleads guilty today to charges related to international drug trafficking, money laundering, and criminal violation of the Foreign Narcotics Kingpin Designation Act. She's going to be going bye-bye for a long time. Let's just put it that way. 
Let me just finish up these last three real quick. Pregnant woman stabbed by stranger while walking with young son. Guys, there has been some reports coming out, a lot of reports lately about whites being targeted. Uh, this lady was pregnant, and um, she, uh, uh, let me just say, she's okay. The baby's okay, but this is scary shit. The whites are under attack, and no one's talking about it. Uh, so be careful and have a heads up. Always have your head on a swivel. Russia officially pulls out of the Open Skies Treaty. I wanted to mention this again, Al. Uh, we've kind of talked about this before. Putin, ha- Putin has signed a law that formalizes Russia's withdrawal from an international treaty allowing nations to collect information on one another's military uh, forces in order to increase transparency following departure from the accord by the United States last year. This is very interesting, Abe. Do you got any thoughts on this? I mean, it's what's amazing about this is the Open Skies Treaty was basically a laughable treaty that was never uh, looked upon by Russia. They were constantly flagrantly violating these over the past, well, fucking 20 years. They didn't even look at it as a treaty. And I remember when President Trump was like, all right, screw this. Then we're just not going to do it anymore. If you're not going to pay attention, it's similar to the nuclear treaty as well. And everyone slams fucking Trump. Oh, my God. And President Trump. Well, if you're if the fucking other party in the treaty is ignoring it, what's the fucking point of having a treaty, you fucking morons? Exactly. Exactly. And just the last one I wanted to touch on. Low-flying DHS helicopter showers anti-pipeline protesters with debris. This did have a little video. I don't know if there's any sound, but this is pretty freaking awesome if you ask me. Seems to be a very effective way of uh, having people eat dust instead of uh, standing there complaining about illegal people in our country, whining about it. I don't know. (laughs) That's what I thought. I just thought it was hilarious. Like, they're like, oh, you guys want to stand there? Well, here you go. Have some sand in your face. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's the Department of Homeland Security (laughs) with some effective crowd control right there, I got to say. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Man, what an absolute fire show. Again, just flew by hour and 55 minutes like nothing. Uh, Yes, I know. I know. Everyone's like, really, Joe? I thought it was funny. All right. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, But I just want to say real quick, thank you for all the love and support out there between Foxhole, DLive and everywhere else. You guys are truly amazing. Um, You guys, you guys keep me going. Keep me rolling keep me on my toes sometimes, but I just absolutely love it. Hopefully you guys had a good day tomorrow. Do not forget. It's going to be a lot of fun guys. I'm looking forward to having green beard on tomorrow. Yeah. So am I, it's going to be cool. Hey, uh, what do you think about playing that little short uh, video you did? Should we show everyone that people that are still out there? Yeah. Yeah. If you guys are still around, I just, I just real quick, if you got that video handy, 
Uh, I just put together a real, no problem, Patricia. Thank you. I appreciate that. Great rapid fire. I just put together this little video last night. Um, just, you know, for all the people out there who got their own censored gear, check this out, guys. Pretty cool. Thank you, Tam Growl. Good to see you. We're going to play literally. Awesome. pretty cool joe i mean that kind of threw that together uh with the quickness and that turned out pretty good man thanks man i appreciate that yeah i mean i've i've people kept getting trying to get pictures every of everybody day. you know in their what gear do do? and people were sending me pictures as well if anybody has any out there please let me know i had to get abe as he was literally like flying through the screen because he never sits still um <laughs> but and uh, same with Belushi. But if you guys, man, you know, send me send me a picture. I absolutely love it. I want to highlight you guys. We really appreciate when you go to our website that, you know, that money you guys donating to us. It's not a lot, but it definitely helps, guys. It helps keep things going. It helps keep us flowing, helps uh, just to kind of bring attention. You know, what a great conversation piece. I want my news uncensored. What does that mean? Have the conversation about pill.net and foxhole.app. Explain to them what we're trying to do here. That's what we want is that message of us being here, being able to say whatever the fuck we want, whenever we want. I want my news uncensored. Go and check it out, guys. Thanks. I appreciate all the love out there, guys. Thank you. Yeah, man. Good stuff, bro. And, uh, you know, I got quite the I got a little bit of an investment in in getting that merchandise going. So we appreciate your guys support helping to to pay off my little bit of investment to get that going, man. But it's pretty it's definitely worth it, man. So appreciate you guys. Bruce Q. Wayne out there. Appreciate you, brother. And uh, thanks for the uh, for all of you guys out there. Thank you for the uh, gold pills. Spit it out. Good, 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 good. Uh, thank you for all the gold pills and everything else out there. Appreciate you guys very much. Connect the dots. Uh, Scorp Rat, Thumper Rose, Amy Joe is, is always out there. Knock my socks off. Kitty Woo, Dad77, a bunch of you guys out there hanging out with us today. Appreciate you guys very much. Uh, pretty fun show today for sure, if you guys missed that. Uh, a guy that I think, um, you know, I, w- I would love to have on more often. I, you know, I love to be able to pick the brain with somebody like that, Joe. That was pretty fun, man. Stephen Francis. Like- yeah, I felt like we just barely touched the surface with him, which is kind of cool. Like, you know, leaving you guys wanting more for later. That's what we wanted, I guess, right? Twinkle Toes Joe. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thanks, Connect the Dots. I appreciate that. Yeah, I always just, like I always like getting that introduction oh. of who of who somebody is, you know what I'm saying? So that was pretty fun. We got Greg Harvey tomorrow, JT Wild on Monday, Trenton White on Tuesday, Transcendent Matrix, Aussie Patriots on Thursday, Severanon next Friday. So got we got a heavy week next week, bro. Yeah, it's going to be absolute fun and fun and crazy. Diddy Style just said he just got his cue. So as I said last week when we kind of had uh, all you guys donating unbelievable amounts, um, I had donated the cue that I had got. Awesome. He just donated 7,000 gold pills because he got his cue today. Thank you, Diddy Style. That's awesome. Um, 
I told you guys I donated and I did. And just a quick follow up, the guy sent me an email and heard that I donated it. And man, he was even more impressed. So I got a new one coming and so does Abe. Um, man, there was something else I was going to mention. Now I forgot. There goes the uh, lotto release for you guys out there. In, <laughs> yes, the in, lotto. Uh, yeah. Thank you. That was the other thing I wanted to mention. Appreciate all your love and support, guys. See you tomorrow. And with that, I want to say much love and God bless you all. Thank you for joining us as you do every day. Don't forget, Greenbeard tomorrow. Looking forward to that big time. Appreciate you guys all love and support. As always, have a great evening. God bless you all. Treat the word impossible as nothing more than motivation. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider. Embrace that label. Being an outsider is fine. Embrace the label. Because it's the outsiders who change the world and who make a real and lasting difference.